You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Ah, uh, welcome to Preach Camp, Preachers, Pastor Kevin Kev here with another episode, another sermon. Here, my boy Rashad. What's up, What's man? Up, man? Nothing much. And now we're going to our second part of our six-part series of greatest of all time. And here we are with the small forwards. This is uh, another position that we don't think is too much wildly of of a debate from the from a top standpoint. But we're gonna talk it out, and we're gonna see what we come up with. Um, so first, we're gonna start off with our number one, and I think we, we got we got we got the same right now, and that's and that's LeBron James, from a guy who started off as the, you know, the bona fide next guy in high school. He might be the only guy that we can say in any sport that lived up to the hype and maybe surpassed surpassed it as well. 15-time All-Star right now, been to the finals nine times. Really, should, if really in, he should win MVP every single year. He really is the most valuable player because when he leaves a team, it, it's it's been proven three different occasions that they're nothing without him. He got a couple all defensive teams, fourteen all the time NBA, three Finals MVP. Uh, LeBron James, man, what you got to say about him? Yeah, our shooting guard series was a hit, so he had to come back with the with the small forward. Uh, LeBron, he's definitely number one. Um, I think I really just had him just passing Larry Bird like three years ago. Um, 27 points a game, seven assists a game, seven rebounds a game for his career average as of today. He's shooting over 50% from the field. He's never been a great free throw shooter. That's always been like the knock on his game. Uh, only 73%. But to be Scoring champion one time, a four-time MVP, and you already mentioned he could have won MVP probably seven, eight times. And he's, you know, the three finals MVP for those three rings he has. He he gets killed for his finals resume. But look at the alternative. Would you rather the dude be going out first, second round, or at least he getting to the finish line and competing for the ring almost every year? So I think definitely LeBron has to be number one. Yeah, man, that's, that's a good point you brought up because – I I'm, I really do be tired of people always knocking down someone's accomplishment and saying, oh, he went, like we talk about Jerry West, oh, he went 1-9 and nine in the finals, or LeBron 3-6. and six. Even people talking about, like, that, you know, Tom Brady, if he would have lost, he would have been, what, 5-4 five and, five and four in, the, in the Super Bowl. Like, these are not – it's not easy to get to the finals. It's not easy to get to the Super Bowl. 
yet LeBron James went there eight eight straight times. He went there one time as barely a puppy, really, uh, 21 years at, at the most. And he's able to take a team that really didn't have no other stars with him. Uh, we're talking about Joe Montana. He's 4-0 in the Super Bowl, but he's only been there four times, like Tom Brady, who's been there nine times. And then you got you got somebody like LeBron James been there nine times as well. You got guys like David Robinson who's undefeated, two and zero, but he only been there twice. So let's not let's not knock players for for getting to the finals or for not getting to the finals and like losing, but they got they got there. So we got we got to show credit, and I think LeBron James is easily number one. Yeah, I think LeBron is just kind of the victim of recency bias because he's the, the current goat right now, and also it's just the social media era. So. I think he's a victim of that about the three and six, and then the culture has kind of we kept propping up Mike so much for being six and zero, never losing. LeBron gets dinged for that, but he's the only one. Nobody ever says, "Oh, Magic Johnson is five and four. Nobody going around saying that when he made the finals nine times but lost four times. So nobody says that, or nobody says Kareem made it ten times but he's six and four. Nobody talks about Shaq going six times, being four and two, or Kobe being five and two. So why does LeBron get so much hate for being three and six? It's still three championships, and we can analyze each one of those finals and break down like how he really could have won. Like the 07 series versus the Spurs, those two home games, the Cavs could have won those games and turned into a series similar to the Pistons. They lost to – he went to the Heat. He lost to a lesser talented Mavs team who people thought he should have beaten, but it didn't go his way. But he did beat the – upcoming Thunder team with Russ, Harden, KD. And then, of course, they beat the Spurs. That was a fluky win because of the Ray Allen shot and Duncan not being in the game. So, you know, you get breaks on both sides. You know, then they the Spurs killed him the next year. And if he had Kyrie and K-Love the first year, he could have probably won that ring. But he did win the next year. So, it's just so fluky, man. You, I will not say fluky, but you have to – there are so many ifs and scenarios that you can come up with. LeBron can easily be six and three versus three and six. So I don't believe in dinging him for knocking his legacy because he lost six times. He was still getting there and was still the best player on the court every time. All right, so let's go down to our number two. And I know a lot of people are going to give a little flack on this one, but, you know, we still think Larry Bird is number two. Uh, 12-time All-Star, went to the uh, finals five times in the 80s, three-time MVP, three-time All-Defensive team, 10 all-time NBA and like really remarkable is like if if the three point the three point shot was so was so in, into the game he easily would have averaged 28 29 um a night instead of a just career average of 24 uh because you know the fact the fact that you know you you play inside a lot that's that's how the game was catered to you had Rob Parrish down there Kevin McHale um and Larry Bird always attacked the rim he he kind of was the first lebron to an extent to where where you where you seen a guy do everything uh, that's pass the ball, score the ball, rebound the ball, play defense, uh, a lot of things. And, of course, Larry Bird was a great free-throw shooter, unlike LeBron James. But you talk about a guy 24-10 and 10 for a career as a 10 rebounds when he's when he's playing in an area that got – he got two – a center who's one, like, you know, I wouldn't say a top top 10 center, but he's up, he's up there. Kevin McHale up there as far as the best pilot forwards, and he's getting 10 rebounds a game. So – Larry Bird is just is just that guy, and then and I, I sometimes Larry Legend get kind of lost in the shuffle, but he's a dog. Yeah, we can call it what it is. Larry Bird gets forgotten about because he rivaled Magic, 
and Magic end up getting more rings for one. And the second point, I think Larry gets looked over because he's <laughs> yeah, white. Yeah, you're right. Sadly, I mean, he gets overlooked because he's white. But Larry was a great player in this era. And those three MVPs, those were three consecutive MVPs. LeBron never got three consecutive MVPs. He, I mean, he deserved sometimes, probably so. But Larry Bird won three consecutive MVPs. You already mentioned he was a triple threat. Dribble, pass, shoot, rebound. And just a quick little stat, Larry Bird only played in 897 career games. For his career, he has 8,974 total rebounds. LeBron James is at 1,186 games, and he only has 8,789 rebounds. So Bird has almost 200 more rebounds than LeBron, and LeBron has way surpassed Bird on the longevity (laughs) side. So uh, we got to give it up to Larry Bird. He was a great – I think easily we can say these top two small fours are easily two of the top ten players of all time. Yeah, and it, yeah, and, and Larry Bird, you know, everybody's favorite story about him when he came into the three point contest and said, "All right, look, who coming in second? You know, just that, just that, just that. Oh yeah, so he had the warm hey, jacket on, and everything. Who talked who talk trash? Who who backed it up? And in that era of the eighties, when his physical play, he is. It's, it's reasons why it took Pistons a long time to get past them, to get past Boston, and it's reason why Magic Johnson isn't a perfect nine and zero in the finals. Some because he had to play Larry Bird, or he fought his way to try to get to Larry Bird and maybe lose out. But uh, Larry Bird is the second best pop, pop, uh, small forward in the game. And our next question that we we have to come to is, can he be surpassed by someone who's playing now? And that's Kevin Durant, who we got as the number three small forward. Uh, I'm gonna ask you, what what does Kevin Durant has to do to pass Larry Bird? I think the only thing KD can do to surpass Larry Bird is to just keep winning championships. That's really gonna be his saving grace. Whether it's with the Warriors, uh, the rumor mill has him going to the Knicks, whether he goes there and gets them to the finals and wins another championship. But outside of just uh, more rings, he really can't surpass Larry. I mean, of course, on longevity side, he's going to eclipse him in more stats and things like that. But just as a player, I think Larry Bird is a better passer than Kevin Durant. Uh, scoring, shooting, I think they're about the same. But Durant, since he's in the era with more three-point shooting and he's basically unguardable, well, he's going to—he's a better scorer than Larry just on that. Night. And, of course, he's won four scoring titles. But outside of championships, I don't see a way uh, Kevin Durant can pass Larry Bird. So if he wins this year, uh, that'll be his third championship. So that'll tie Larry Bird for a ring. And if he plays how he's been playing, he'll probably win the Finals MVP again. So that'll give him the nod as far as three Finals MVPs over Larry's two. And career numbers, they're pretty similar outside of the assists and the rebounds, just based on averages. But that's the only thing I can see is Kevin Durant. Outside some championships, that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, Kevin Durant got to be smart about this because if you want to be considered the best small forward of all time, the, the only, like, like I said, the knock against LeBron James is he don't got the rings. Um, and maybe the knock against uh, Larry Bird is maybe he, he didn't go to the finals enough or uh, is, is what I'm trying to say. So if Kevin Durant can – honestly, he probably should stay with the Warriors as long as possible as long as the team can stay together because you can get this year to make it three – you possibly could still win it next year, to make it four. And you got if you go if he go to the Knicks and does win a championship, it does hold a lot of weight because it's a franchise who hasn't won since the seventies. 
So you're talking about you're talking about you know if you that that loosey goosey math where that ring will equate another you know uh, higher higher echelon of, of winning because you want in a franchise who who hasn't been good in so long and and you go there and you instantly win a championship. So that's that's my thing with Kevin Durant is is if he leaves the Warriors and can go win a championship by him, not to say by himself, but clear cut the best clear cut the best guys because you know everybody loves Steph Curry and and to be honest, that's just that the Warriors is kept is Steph Curry's team. Uh, yes, Durant the best player on the team, but to to me it's like let, when you see LeBron James teams. No matter where he where where he's gone, that's his team. No matter where I mean, Larry Bird had so many stars with him, but that was his team. And you know, Kevin Durant. I mean, to be honest, he hasn't won as his team. Yes, he got the Finals MVP, but when you when you think of the Warriors, you think of Steph Curry first, and that's just that's just how it is. So if Kevin Durant go go somewhere else and win, boom, we're talking about him in a different light. I mean, I think Kevin Durant gets a bad rap. First off, the team he went to the Finals with. When he played LeBron James for the first time with the Thunder, that team had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Let's look at what has happened since that time. James Harden has been in contention for at least four MVPs and has won one. He's led the league in scoring and assists since that time. Russell Westbrook has been an MVP, led the league in scoring. You know, both of these guys are multiple times all NBA guys, most of the time all-stars, things like that. Durant plays with the Warriors. Devin Curry, two-time MVP. Clay Thompson, great 3-and-D guy. Both all NBA guys, most of the time all-stars. Why do we discredit Kevin Durant for playing with the Warriors when the guys he played with on the Thunder, we've seen what they've turned into? Why, why do we try to diminish Kevin Durant's rings because he played with the Warriors? It's probably because, one – the Warriors team, they, they got into their prime. And Folk AC, you know, they yes, they got to the finals. But we both know that, one, they probably – I mean, they, they really wasn't ready. Like, they, that, that team wasn't ready. Now, if you had waited two more years, if they, they was together for another two seasons after that, because I know Jane Hardy contract came up and they, they, they made that. That's, that's the OKC general manager's fault for choosing Ibaka over James Harden. Um but if I think they would have stayed together two more seasons, Durant would have been the guy on 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 the best team in the NBA, and they would have won championships. And that just would have and like you said, Durant would have been a whole dude, whole new different light because he would have had all these rings as the guy. He would have won Finals MVP, of course. And now we're saying, oh man, Durant, you know, he got to the finals, and you know, he just he. Him and he got two good sidekicks and Russ and Harden, and they win a championships instead of him going to at I guess join to a team, and that's probably why. I mean, he he's going to get knocked for his whole career because it's like you really can't see no other situations around around the league like it. Because I mean, yes, LeBron teamed up with Dwayne Wade, but it's not it's not like the Heat were a great team. Uh, before that, I guess, and it's not like uh, Boston before that when they teamed up, when they all three of their teams was going downhill and they all got together. I, I, th- I think if, if it was, if it played played out like that, where you know, let's say let's say remember remember how the the Warriors fired Mark Jackson after they went to they made the playoffs and stuff, they still fired him anyway. If the if Rant joined right then, they, I, I don't think it would have been a problem. Like I think you know, as a society, we would accept it. 
oh, they add Durant, boom, they don't number one team. They, they number one team because of Durant. And I think adding to a team that's already number one, they're like, well, that they, they, Kevin Durant made the game unfair to a team that's already, I guess, number one. I, I guess that's, I guess, is why, that's why we, why we will always see Durant like that. Yeah, I think just kind of. The being the guy thing kind of gets overrated by like the media, all that kind of stuff. I think guys just want to play good basketball, have fun doing it. I mean, look at AAU and things like that. Like when you go to the park, when you picking guys, you picking the best players. You ain't picking a guy who can't do anything. You want to play the best players. So, I mean, I'm not mad at KD for joining the Warriors. I, I've never criticized the move. I've always thought it was a oh, it's, a smart move. You want to play with oh, the it's best smart. players and you want to have fun it's doing it. <laughs> it's a very smart move. And uh, now that people now that people see it work, yeah, a lot of people. I see more people doing that. Uh, just just to just to if you're gonna win championship, if that's if that's the way to get your name on that board because we already know he's a great player. So yeah, I got I got a question for you too. Is Kevin Durant a lock at the third spot, or could he easily be fourth? Because we both have at number four Dr. J, and we're going to more detail about him. And just so anybody who, you know, anybody listening, we only consider Dr. J's NBA stats. So for NBA, he's an 11-time All-Star, one-time champion, made the finals four times for one and three record, won an NBA MVP, seven-time All-NBA. Of course, Kevin Durant's accolades surpassed that. But when we combine ABA doc with NBA doc, the stats change a lot. The accolades change a lot. So are we certain that Kevin Durant is already the third Best small four, or should Doc be the third best small four? And Kevin Durant has to pass him and Larry. Uh, I, I, I think Kevin Durant passed passed out the J, um, probably with probably in the last two years. I would say, like if you asked me, you asked me before he went to the Warriors, I would say no. Um, but now that he got there and he, I mean, because you, you can clearly see in the finals, like because you know Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, they're shooters. And shooters have bad nights, and the nights where they they didn't perform, Durant always showed up. Um, and I think I think we already know that he was ascending to be the number three anyway. But I, I guess that's kind of like shot him up really really fast. Um, and I think like without the ABA stats, of course, yes, Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Durant is the number three. Now you add the ABA stats in, that's a little bit more debatable. Because one, Kevin Durant still is playing. Dr. J had a long career, and we know Kevin Durant is going to pass. You know, longevity-wise, the the guys now are in a more f- fluent, finesse game, so they last longer. And Kevin Durant really he avoided the injury bug. I can knock on some wood. Um, as long as he lasts, he can last about six, seven more years as as, as being a top guy. Um, and that that, that really that really will submit him as the three at at least. Yeah, that's why I think it's a debate between has he already passed Doc or not because we know Doc played in the ABA for five years before he even came to the NBA, and those five years were his prime years, age 21, you know, through, through I think, age 25. And when he was in the ABA, Doc was nothing less than 27 points a game, a couple years he had, 29, 30. So, and, you know, he has over 10,000 career rebounds, and if you look at the scoring list, combined ABA, NBA, Doc has 30,000 points. I think he's number eight on the all-time scoring list. And so I think it's a debate. You know, some people can probably say, no, nah, Durant hasn't passed him yet. And then plus, Doc is so iconic from 
he wasn't the first guy to dunk, but he kind of made like dunking like that that must see cool yeah. thing. And then you know he influenced guys like the next era that came after that, like Mike and guys like Shaq. I said they grew up watching Doc and admiring and stuff like that. So legacy and the impact on the game wise, I don't think Durant will ever catch Doc and stuff like that. And not that it should factor into an all-time player thing, but I think it's a debate. Can you say Durant's already surpassed Doc after just on NBA stuff alone? Durant's already passed him, but when you combine ABA Doc with NBA stats, I think it's a toss-up between KD and Dr. J. For that yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think Dr. J. He did play with Charles Barkley for like one year, right? Yeah, um, they won a championship, and then Barkley got drafted. All the right, year so after that. you know everything. Everything in life is about timing. And for example, Larry Bird would have won way more championships if Lynn Bias did not, you know, pass away. Uh, and I think if Charles Barkley didn't come so late, if Charles Barkley came three or four years old a year before that, you're talking about the best big three that the NBA is probably, you know, at that time, you know, that's before, that's when Cream Magic and and um, Cream Magic and uh, Worthy was getting together as far as in the, in the 80s. It's like that that big three would have been sick. And you know, Dr. J probably him and Moses Malone got that got you know it was Larry Bird and and, and Magic all up in the eighties, and that one year Moses and Dr. J was able to get one real quick, uh, you know, before the Pistons in the late eighties. But it's like if they had got Charles Barkley, then we would have seen Dr. J like you know his stats would have been better because he would have, who knows, probably would have been a Finals MVP, could have got three or four rings out of it, and that would have like elevated his career. Um, his legacy just just because of a you know just because overall team aspect because that that does help a lot of guys out um, just winning in general right whether that's you know guys from the San Antonio Spurs area era just as far as like just, just overall winning that that can help you in your legacy and your your great all time status yeah I think of let's say Doc came to the NBA like two years before he did he'd have been he'd have had way more accolades because he won two ABA championships. I mean, you know, depending on who you ask, does that count for anything or not? I mean, he won a championship, and he was a three-time ABA MVP. And, of course, we know they combined the leagues. Now all the talents under one umbrella. The guy still made four finals almost really by himself with the Sixers. And then, you know, Moses came, and, of course, they did the, the whole 4-4-4, and they went and won the ring. But Doc and Larry, they had battles in the East. So that's why neither one of them have more than – you no, know, Larry has three rings and five appearances, and Doc has one ring and four appearances because they were they were going neck and neck. Plus, you had uh, Dominique from the Hawks; they were good then. And then you had Young Mike coming into the league in the eighties. He wasn't he wasn't the, the winning six no Mike then, but he came into the league the in Cavs. the eighties. So, yeah, the, the Cavs. So that uh that eighties, and of course, like you already mentioned, the Pistons. So the eighties was pretty tough. So these guys could have had more accolades had they not been run up against each other in that, that time frame. Uh, let's go with number five. Uh, now, this is where we start getting a little debatable. Um, but even though our five and six is pretty much the same, uh, you have Elgin Baylor at five, uh, at five and I have Scottie Pippen. Uh, for me, the reason why I put Pippen above Baylor is just because, like I said, just, just the, the winning aspect into it. Um, because I, neither, neither one of them was, I guess, quote, unquote, the guy as far as the number one player on the team that, that, you know, that we, that we know, but Elgin Baylor was uh, a monster. He was like the first 
like the first swing man and the guy to do the do all the flashes to, to the layups and stuff like that. And, and and what he brought to the table was tremendous. Uh, and it just it is kind of sad to me that I, I know that Boston team was stacked, um, but the Lakers with Wilt, him and Elgin Baylor and Jerry West, you know, you would hope they would have got something. Uh, Elgin Baylor never won the championship. He left too. He left. He he left a little too early before they they can get a ring in uh, I think it was nineteen seventy something like that. But Scottie Pippen just when he once he became the, the a star and he came the, to the uh, the Robin to Jordan's Batman, um, you've seen how great and hard it was to beat the Bulls. And I think what what really put Pippen above Baylor to me is when Michael Jordan did retire for those two seasons, well one a year and a half, that the Bulls didn't fall off. And I, and I think you know Scotty Scotty showed that he could. I wouldn't say carry a team, but he could be a guy. He could be the guy. You know, it was only a short sample size, so we don't really know how how much he could have been. But that I think that short sample size proved that you know he 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 could still get it done. He didn't he didn't really quote unquote need Jordan. Um, is is, is what he's shown that that one that one long year to to Jordan came back. But um, ten all time defense all defense team, seven all time NBA. Of course, he's six and zero, still champ, seven time All Star. He wasn't the scorer like that, but and his stats not going to show it. But he will take your best player out the game uh, from a defensive standpoint, and I think that's just he just right now he is probably probably the greatest one of the greatest top five defensive players to to play the game. Yeah, when you look at Scotty's prime, now he I can't be matching for Scotty at uh at five because you look at his prime, he was twenty points, seven rebounds, six assists, so he was a triple threat all around. Uh, he almost shot 48, 49% from the field from his age 25 to his age 32 season. And, of course, there were six championships in that, that time frame. So, Scotty had game. Um, he's one of my favorite players. But I had to put Elgin Baylor in front of Scotty just because of he played alongside Jerry West, and they both were still getting buckets. Both were still <laughs> dropping 20 to 30 a game. Then, when even when Wilt came, Wilt, Baylor, and West, he was still getting 20, 25 a game, and he was still getting a lot of rebounds. So I put Baylor as fifth just because of what he did. In that, Of course, the era was different, but the guy, 23,000 career points, 11,000 rebounds, and that's almost unheard of from a, a small forward. Granted, like I said, again, the era was different, but he's a better free throw shooter than Scotty, 78% to 70%. And just uh, just those scoring numbers and those those final career totals, that's that's almost absurd to have twenty three thousand points and eleven thousand boards as a small forward when you were playing in that that era where you know guys like Russell and Wilt were known to dominate rebounds. Yeah, now I just think Edge Baylor, you know, his his that big three man, that's some that's some serious with they all, they all scoring points, but like they. If they would have had one more player that was better than Gail Goodrich, they probably would have beat Boston three, four times, and we would Bill Russell wouldn't have eleven rings and all the other crazy stuff. But uh, if we go into our yeah, that that, that OS seven finals record does hurt <laughs> Baylor a lot when you got Scotty at six and zero, <laughs> and I mean, you know that I mean I, I could be swayed to put Scotty as fifth because he was a triple threat, points, you know, scoring, rebounding assist and could guard the best player. So I could be swayed to go Scotty at fifth. So I can't argue for going Scotty at fifth. I'm always considering changing my pick for real though. <laughs> All right, let's move on to number number seven and that's John Havlicek for both of us. To me, 
he is like, it's hard to take away from other people, but to me, he was the best player during Boston's run of championships in the 60s and 70s. Uh, yes, they had Bill Russell. Now, uh, and John Helichek was a uh, – he was a dog. Yes, he only had – he finished only averaging 20 points a game for his career, but when he was winning the championships, he was up there in 25, 26, 27. <laughs> You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Ballpark. Uh, being being able to pass the ball and read down the ball, um, shooting shooting decently for a, for a small forward, and of course from the free throw line, eighty two percent. I mean, John Havlicek, eight time All de- Defense, so he got both sides of the ball. Thirteen time All Star. Yes, it's a different era where it's not a lot of teams and not a lot of players, but he dominated for a good stretch, and he's eight no in the finals as well. Yeah, he also has twenty eight triple doubles, and it's something that we value a lot today, but back then nobody was really caring about triple doubles outside of the year Oscar Robinson did it. So yeah, Hamlet had twenty eight triple doubles, which is tied for twelfth with Michael Jordan and a surprise name, a current NBA player, Nikola Jokic, the Joker. So I think you know Hamlet's resume speaks for itself. Eight time champion, eight no never lost, eight time all defense. I mean, what what else can we say about him? Man, yeah, he don't get he don't get the love like uh, the Bob Cousy and Bill Russell gets, but John Havlicek really, really was the – he was the go-to guy. Um, of course, along with the older heads like Casey Jones and and uh, Sam Jones, but John Havlicek was a monster. And then this Boston team was so stacked that they probably all got the accolades, <laughs> especially the, especially in the ring category. Let's move on to number eight, man, where I think we're going to probably have a highly contested debate for number eight. I chose – Mr. Rick Barry, I know you don't really value Mr. Barry high. Go ahead and reveal your number eight, and then we can kind of talk about why we chose. Man, you know how God got James Big Goggles worthy. <laughs> big Goggles. <laughs> big Goggles and Big Game. <laughs> why, you, why you chose James, man? Because of your Laker? The Laker love? No, man, I just, I just think James Worthy, does, he don't get a lot of love. And I think him being – yes, he was a, the three of, the, of a big three, but – he 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 had the game, man. I I just think James Worthy just had um, the two time All NBA. Yes, that's, that's not a lot, but he did win a Finals MVP. <laughs> and I and I was like, oh, that's no, that's actually that's actually kind of interesting to know uh, that that James Worthy was able to get one out of, out of the ones that him and Magic and Kareem won together. Uh, Seven time All Star, three and three in the finals, and yes, he get he get a little knocked because he's a Laker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I chose Rick Barry. Um, of course, he played in the ABA some. But I chose Rick Barry just because on the NBA side, eight-time All-Star, one more than James. Rick Barry actually carried the NBA team to a championship, a one-and-one record in the finals. He's a scoring champion, won a steel championship one year, um, six-time All-NBA, and he's also a finals MVP. On the stat side, he has more points than James Worthy, 23 points. Um, better passer, 5.1 assists, better rebounder, 6.5 rebounds, um, better free throw shooter, even though he shot the ball underhanded, 
Rick Barry was a 90% free throw shooter, and that's the highest percentage on this list of all our great small forwards, higher than Kevin Durant, higher than Larry Bird, higher than LeBron James by a mile. So I went Rick Barry because of that. And even when he was in the ABA, dude won the MVP. Um, and he was also an ABA champion too. So I had to go Rick Barry over James Worthy easily. I don't even have James in the uh, in the top ten of great small force because he was a third guy. Um, and he he did have a well-rounded game, but I think if we once we go to the best of the rest, I'll reveal who I have at you know who I have ahead of James. But I think Rick Barry is easily number eight. Um, I can't really see. I can't see why you don't why you don't like Rick Barry, man. What you got against Rick Rick Barry, man? He shot under him. That's what I don't like about him. <laughs> but no, but uh, but really, really, Rick Barry in the NBA, his NBA career is not is like it's different from 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 Doc because when Doc got into the NBA, you can really you can really debate he was he was better than, he was better in the NBA than he was in the ABA. Uh, from I know I know that from a scoring standpoint, from from a leader standpoint, impact. Uh, Dr. J was just a uh, he was better in NBA than ABA, and I think Rick Barry is backwards. I think he was better in the ABA, um, at least you know from a scoring st- standpoint and just all around game. Now Rick Barry, when he came to the Warriors, he he because he went to the NBA, he was on the Warriors first, then went to the ABA and came back. And you know I don't really know what the the history behind that is, but uh, probably probably some just come little little bit of diff- different. He he say he say stuff, but Rick Barry. Now I do give him props, you know, because he did bring three sons in the NBA, um, and he had one at the University of Florida. So he does have a good family of good genes, because there's no worthies in the NBA. But I just think um, the reason I, I really got worthy over 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 Rick Barry is because he he was just that. Without James Worthy, I think he would have been missed uh, for Magic and Kareem because. Yes, Kareem could score that skyhook at any given moment, but when Magic was running that break, he wasn't really asked to like be that scorer. And I think James Worthy was what was the guy who could like you know give him the fast break, dunk on dunk on your whole team. And, and the, the, the I think it's just remarkable if you're the third guy, you can come out, you can win a Finals MVP. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, yes, Rick Barry did carry a team in, in the early seventies, um, but you know. Rick Barry, I mean, I'm probably doing the Larry Bird treatment, probably forgetting about him because he's white. <laughs> <laughs> well, another fun fact, on the on the career list of most 50-point games, Rick Barry has 14, and that's tied with James Harden. So, on that scoring side, he was, he oh, was that, pretty, uh, that'd pretty be great. Next week. <laughs> yeah, look, LeBron is at, what, 12 or 13, I think, so he can probably pass him before his career is over, too. So he'll go down to like number nine, but he's still in front of guys like AI, Kareem, you know, Dominique, Kevin Durant. So he's he was a elite scorer. And the story behind him going to the ABA was uh, you know, of course the Warriors went to the 1957 NBA finals. They lost to the 76ers. But after that, uh Rick Barry was upset. He wasn't paid some incentives for getting a team there. So he decided to jump to the ABA, who had a, a team in the same Bay Area called the Oakland Oaks. And he you know he wanted to get a more lucrative contract because the ABA was paying more at the time. So he ended up jumping to the ABA. But of course, you know, some legal things happened and he was banned from playing due to you no know, contract clauses. But he did come back, you know, he was twenty four years old and 
Uh, he averaged more points in the ABA than the NBA because those were his prime years, age 24, 25, 26, 27, you know, 34 points, 27, 29, 31. Those were some prime years. And plus he was playing so many minutes versus when he came back on the right, NBA yeah. side. You know, he was still prime, but he had a little bit, you know, a little bit less prime in him. Right, yeah, and and, and that's and that's what I was trying to, trying to say because, like, he he was so great in the ABA like it's different from Doc. Doc wasn't as great as Rebarry's stats was from a scoring standpoint, and just like I mean, playing forty something minutes that that probably really was unheard of at that time. Playing uh, forty two minutes a game and dominating, scoring like like you said, thirty points a game. And Rick Barry, Rick Barry is a beast. Now, if you said if we was combining the NBA stats, of course I would not have worthy above above Rick Barry, but. Um, that that's just that's just how that's just how I feel about James Worthy. I, I I really think he was uh was undervalued a lot. It just just to me. Uh, but if we go into our best of the rest of guys who, you know, nine, ten, eleven guys like that. Of course, I, you know, I, I got Rick Barry. I got Paul Pierce. I think we we, we got to mention the truth. Is a lot of Boston Celtics up here. That's that's that, that's the third one. Uh, for for small forwards, Dominique Wilkins, what he did with the Hawks. Which which was you know always put him on his back and carry them as far as he could, um, and I think Grant Hill would have definitely been in my top eight if he could have stayed healthy. Because when when he was, he was one of the best players, and I think that kind that kind of drove Grant Hill down is because he wasn't he wasn't healthy and he couldn't stay he couldn't stay healthy long enough to like bring Detroit back to greatness um, in the nineties. And I think if he would have done that, he probably would have been up there. Yeah, let, I think we should have a quick talk about why didn't Paul Pierce make either one of our top eights? Because, I mean, during his prime, from about age 23 until probably about age 35, dude was getting 22 points, about six boards, four or five assists. You know, he was – he had a long career. Even when he left Boston, that year he went to Brooklyn, he didn't have the stats, but he was kind of like – him and KG were the leaders on that team. And even we know – the shot he hit in the playoffs for Washington. So, but prime Paul Pierce, he was actually the number one option. He carried the Celtics when they did get back to prominence with KG and with Ray Allen, won that championship. He was the Finals MVP. And if it hadn't been for KG getting hurt the year after that, they probably could have repeated or at least had a rematch with the Lakers, which they did get the following season and came up on the short end of the stick in the seven game series. So, Pierce could have another ring or two. Um, you know, had things play out differently, of course, you know, Ray Allen left and things like that. So, but why didn't Paul Pierce make even my top eight? I just think because Rick Barry uh, had a little more success uh, over, well, not, you know, overall for accolade-wise, but I just think Rick Barry was just a better, a little bit better player than Paul. That's why I didn't put Paul in my top eight. What about for you? I, um, it, to me, it's more team success. And for a long stretch of time, Boston wasn't on, like, like we wasn't worried about Boston being a, a good team from the time Paul like him and Antoine Walker was all they had, and for a long stretch of time, Boston basically kind of like you no, know, I won't say die out, but I mean we wasn't really saying that they contenders. We wasn't worried about them if they did make the playoffs or not. It was always the Nets or Sixers earlier than that. Pistons, uh, Dwayne Wade came out there. It's, it's just, it was for a long stretch. Paul Pierce wasn't dominating, and until he got the help, or I guess we'll say if he's 1A, Garnett was 1B or something like that, then you saw 
what Paul Pierce was. And uh, I think I think if we would have got that a little bit longer, like let's say if they had teamed up three years earlier, and we would have seen that from a you know from a 2004, 2005 to they got too old. I think I think Paul Pierce have been right there, and I think that's why we kind of like diminish Paul Pierce a little bit because like you see everybody getting these farewell tours and Paul Pierce didn't get nothing. <laughs> and they don't love you like Kobe. <laughs> hey, drink more. You buddy. changing that farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, everybody got a tour. Kobe got a tour. D Wade on tour. Hitting game winners. We got Dirk making the honor all-star game. Doc calling timeout for Dirk. Hey. Draymond over there dissing oh Paul, gosh, man. man. And Dirk didn't even say he retired. He's still getting the farewell tour. That's crazy. Like and, and and that's what I was saying. Like I, I think if Paul Pierce would have, if he was winning, like you know how we say, like Ray Allen was took took the Bucks to the conference finals. Um, when, when, I mean, Pierce did Pierce did like one conference final though. He did, he did. But I'm I'm saying, but like it's like it, if if he would have did it, because like it's like it's hard to say was Paul Pierce a top five East player like during his prime. You know, the, I, would, I would say I would say so. Like, see, that's why I think. I have a number nine, just barely below Rick Barry, because Rick Barry was actually carrying different era, but he was still carrying two championships versus like Paul. The stats are there, and we can't knock him for you know lack of success. Well, to a certain degree, we can, but at the same time, we can't because this was an era when you guys were going at it alone. Yeah. It was just AI by himself, exactly. Pierce by himself, T Mac by himself, VC by himself. I mean, of course, Kobe and Shaq had their thing, but they split up. So, but on that east side, Jay Kidd was. For the most part, by themselves. I mean, young Kenyon Martin, young Richard Jefferson, but still, everybody's by themselves. So I really can't knock Paul for lack of success, even though he was the guy. You know, he he went through a couple of things with the whole stabbing and uh, you know, just some other stuff with the the French. I was just tanking yeah. <laughs> for no reason really back then. Tank wasn't even popular back then. Yeah, and and, and that's that's kind of that's what I mean by like the, the success because you know it's not like I'm I'm asking him to dominate in this era now where everybody's teamed up and you got star here, star there. But yeah, you see, I mean, yes, I mean, obviously, I think Allen Iverson is a better player than Paul Pierce, but Iverson took his team, you know, and, and like he, I I just want to say like had him on the map, like. Whether whether Paul Pierce won or not, like if he if we were saying if we if we were just sitting here thinking, oh man, who were the great teams in the early two thousands? Like how 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 long would it take you to, to say Boston? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the only reason why I knocked him down for just for a little bit. Now, like I said, if he was if he was oh six oh seven, and that's when Kevin Garnett got there and they was winning in six years out of his career, you are talking about Boston being a, a legit contender? Then maybe I would I would raise Paul Pierce's game just <clears throat> just slightly. Yeah, I didn't knock Paul because for at least about 13, 14 years, he the stats are there. For about 13, 14 years, he was balling out, you know, dropping 18, 19, 20 points a game. And he's an underrated defender, forgotten about defending for the most part. And you're right. We only, we only remember outside of the big three, we only remember that one, what, 2 Boston team when they made the Eastern Conference Finals, him and Antoine Walker. So until he got with – Ray and KG and Doc and Rondo, we really don't talk about Paul Pierce that much. But guys from that era know he was a good player, and he does have some accolades to kind of back up his standing in the league at that time. So I have him just missing a cut at number nine. And uh, so tell me how you feel about Dominique. I know you had Dominique number nine. So why did you choose him over over Paul? Well, like I said, Dominique had the team. He had the Hawks, like, relevant. And I think – I mean, I, I really, I, I really, very, very, very like, <laughs> even though you didn't think they probably could win, but it's like 
Dominique was out there carrying and and battling with with Boston, and he was battling with the Pistons, and he would, and he just I mean I just think he just put it you know put everything on the line, even though you know the stats are pretty much similar for a career, career standpoint. Paul Pierce doing them down down in his career, so I'm not gonna count like the last three or four years, but. Uh, Dominique put. I just think you know he he was the guy. It, it, a lot of people had to like try to. When you play the Hawks, you know, dang, we got to stop Dominique or, or else like it's over. Uh, that's, that's why I had him over him. Yeah, yeah. and great. And I, yeah. I had. Yeah, he 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 always gives him as a dunker, but you know he did more right. than dunk. I was gonna say, say uh, the reason I, I I put I really Paul Pierce and Grant Hill to me are tied. I just think I I just I'm a big fan of Grant Hill, and I just think that. I, and I, I'm 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 just trying to project his career as like man, if he was healthy, he definitely would have been one of the best small forwards that ever played this game. Grant Hill was LeBron James before we knew it was LeBron James. That, that's how I look at Grant Hill. I mean, his, his first five years in Detroit. If anybody looks at those stats, you can kind of see what trajectory he was on and what kind of what level of greatness he could have been that had he stayed healthy. And plus, he went to Orlando. Had he been healthy. The player that he was in Detroit combined with that emerging Trace McGrady, both of those guys' careers would have went way differently. Right. Now let's talk about the guys who who playing right now, uh, who we think has a chance to be on this list, whether it's the top eight or whether it's the best of the rest. Um, Kawhi Leonard comes to mind. Giannis comes to mind. Paul George, um, guy like Jimmy Butler, those those four right now are probably the tier top tier. Above everybody else, as far as small forwards and and what and they have been showing this for the past few years. Um, out of these four guys, who do you think has the chance to reach the highest, um, and why? I'm gonna say Kawhi Leonard. He already has a championship, and on a championship team, he was the Finals MVP. I think he's the best. They're all great defenders, but I'll take Kawhi as a defender over everybody else. And that may sound crazy because Giannis is so long and so versatile. And we know Paul George also has an MVP season right now. But I think over the long haul, Kawhi's game is not predicated on any athleticism or anything like that. So he can be a great player for a long time. He's already been a two-time defensive player of the year. And his scoring, we've seen what he's done the last, excluding the year, you know, last year he played the nine game with the Spurs and it kind of took his career average down some. But this year with Toronto – and those last two years with the Spurs, he was getting 20 points a game, you know, six, seven boards. I want to see him become a better passer. That's where kind of Giannis has the edge over Kawhi. He's a more – he's a better distributor, things like that. But I think Kawhi has the most upside. I mean, I already have him in the best of the rest right there with James Worthy and Grant Hill. So, I think Kawhi has the most upside. He can probably last another eight to ten years in the sport at an elite level. Yeah, and I, I think – I, th- I think the – I think that the the list I've said, the how I said them, Kawhi, Giannis, Jordan, Butler is probably the order they they will end in. Um, I think Giannis does have that chance to overstep Kawhi in the long run if he ever develops a shot. Because like you said, Kawhi game doesn't really evolve around athleticism. It evolves, it evolves around like being being uh, smart, IQ wise, length, uh, being able to shoot, defend, make free throws, rebound. Um, but if Giannis can get that three-point shot, I think that's the only way he can um, get over Kawhi. Because you see what right now Giannis is the youngest out of these out of these four guys, and he may be doing twenty-three right now. So he got a long career ahead of him. Um, and I think I think all these guys can be on his list. Uh, you know that is is a little too detailed to try to 
see where they were like who are their past and whatnot because they like I said they're still in their career. But uh, if I had to bet on if I had to bet out of these four, I would bet that Kawhi and Giannis would both be in my top eight um, when their career is all said and done. Yeah, how how they can ascend really depends upon how they how they finish. Especially like let's say Kawhi gets Toronto to the finals this year, that's gonna be another notch in his belt because he's gonna keep making All Star teams and stuff like that, and he's gonna probably make another one to three defensive teams, and of course he's gonna make a few more All NBAs. I mean he should probably be All NBA this year along with Giannis. Yeah, and if Giannis wins MVP this year, that's gonna help his case. Or if Paul George wins it, that'll help his case. But definitely Kawhi. Kawhi can probably get up to number, depending on how his career goes, final accounting numbers, accolades, and stuff like that. Kawhi can easily get to five or six, you know, surpassing Scotty and Havlicek and Rick Barry, guys like that. Yeah, I think the way, the way Kawhi Leonard can, can even catch a guy, I mean, obviously he's a great scorer. And Kevin Durant, who's we got as number three, the only way Kawhi can catch him is Kawhi has to, like you said, if Toronto made the finals this year versus that Stat Wars team, and Kawhi can go at, you know how like LeBron James last year was the better player than Durant, but Durant team won. Can Kawhi, can Kawhi yeah. be better than Kevin Durant and win the win the finals? Because when we talk about greatest players of all time, it's, you know, it's, it's I know people want to say LeBron versus Magic, who won? Well, of course we're going to say Magic because he got five rings versus Birds three, and they beat each other. You know, they beat, they beat each other like that. If Kawhi can have yeah, you know, I got two rings, and both times, you know, I was able to, you know, beat Durant, uh, beat Durant, you know, to get it, whether that's in the East, whether that's in the playoffs in the West. You know, I'm just saying, like, if you can, if you got the head-to-head matchup with, with a guy that's on your, that's in your position, and you winning that battle, you got a chance to pass him. So I think if he can, if he can somehow, I mean, that's it's gonna be hard to do that. But if Toronto can beat the Warriors in a in a seven-game series with Kawhi being the, the best player on the court at all times and, and win the finals MVP, we're talking about maybe, oh, at the end of the, at the end of his career, if, if if it is a debate, you can really give an a, a edge to Kawhi because, yeah, yeah, when they when they matched up, Kawhi, you know, showed why he was better than every time. So I think that I think these guys have a chance to, you know, go up the ladder pretty easily. Um, this, this, I think, off, I mean, I, I don't think Jim Butler can get up there to a top 15 spot, but – I think the other three have a chance to uh, surpass surpass top fifteen easily, and uh, where the, where they land that is 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 based on them. Yeah, they're they're all, they're all in their prime still, so that's why you know we went throw them out there because they're all in their prime. And they're all pretty accomplished on the all NBA side and all defensive side and all star game side. So yeah, they all could make it. Like even Paul George, we, we didn't really mention him, but even Paul George still has a good ways to go. I mean, the way he's bounced back from the injury. At the you know the Olympic you know the Olympic thing or whatever, but um, he still has a lot of upside left in him too. Um, any any young guys you know who are maybe one or two years in you think could make this list at some point just based on you know projected outlook. For right now, the only small flaw I can think of is Jason Tatum. Um, what he did last year with no Kyrie, no Gordon Hayward, and he was I mean yes it was it was it was a team effort. No, don't get me wrong, but uh, I think he was the the head of the snake. In that in that in that playoff run that they had, and there was one game from the finals without their two best players. So Jason Tatum and what he's doing this year right now, I mean, he's 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 struggling a little bit because they're all still trying to find what they're trying to do. But um, I think Jason Tatum is on the right track. Uh, whether he can get that defensive defensive side, because most of our small forwards, 
um, outside of Kevin Durant and uh, Rick Barry, all played defense. And uh, you know, to a to that to that level. Now Kevin Durant has been better playing defense as he got to the Warriors, but and everybody we talked about, you know, they've they've been uh, if Tatum can get to that that small four like Kawhi, Giannis, and Paul George and Butler, then we talking about a guy who can play both sides, and that's that can get his career all the way up. Yeah, I like Tatum. Tatum, he uh, he, he's he's a good pick. I can't be matching for that. Tatum's a good a good choice. Um, somebody we forgot to mention, man, oh. Carmelo Anthony. Where does he fall? Oh man, I actually forgot Carmelo. <laughs> man, hey, that's that's crazy how bad this like last few few years has been for him that we like skipping out of him. But um, Melo, he's he's top fifteen easily. He that I I, I love Carmelo as as a player, but the one thing that drives me crazy is his ego. And pride, and that I mean that I mean that honestly that's a personal bias for me, and it's kind of I am kind of knocking him down for it. But it's like if if he would have just had the sense the sense to not be driven by money so much, and being the guy, he would have been he could have been on that that Miami Heat team instead of Chris Bosh and got the rings. Probably would have it probably would have beat the Mavericks because LeBron I hear bullcrapping against the Mavericks and way kind of you know we say he's you know kind of break it down and saved by LeBron. You're talking about a, a lethal scorer in Carmelo. They would get they would just get him the ball and got away. LeBron wouldn't have the LeBron. You know <laughs> That's true. Like Melo go get it. He will get that rock and he gonna score the basketball. And I think I think he messed up his career doing that. That's where that's where it turned for him and. If he would have went to the Heat, I guarantee you he'd have been my top eight without any question. Yeah, Melo, he, he had a similar resume to Dominique and guys like Adrian Dantley and Alex English. They were all multiple time All Stars. They all won a scoring title. They all made a few All NBA teams. So, and also Bernard King. So they all have similar resumes. But Melo had three chances to change his career legacy, and he never he never took any of them. Now, of course, getting drafted by Denver, that's out of his control, so I don't count that. But had he been drafted by Detroit instead of Milicic, that altered his career. But the three times he had a chance to control it himself, he took the extension from Denver. He should not have taken that extension because LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, they didn't take their extensions. They, they weren't scared of that whole new CBA. They all took their risk and did join together on the Heat. So that's the first time Melo sabotaged his own legacy. The second time was when he did not go join that Bulls team. He should have joined that Bulls team when they were, you know, I know D. Rose, they were going to recruit, but Melo could have joined the Bulls. He was still in his prime, and they could have come back at what the Heat were doing. Even at one point, they were discussing trade him to the Lakers to play with Kobe. He could have took that opportunity. And then the, the most egregious one is, why did he force that trade to the Knicks, man? Just play the season out and go join that team, and you keep the same roster. They had to get the roster just to get Melo on it, and he didn't win anything until they got some older guys in like Jay Kidd and made the second round. But had he just played the season out and went and joined the Knicks, he would have had a better tenure there. So Ego probably played a, played a major part in it. So did, you know, securing the bag, at least as we always say, but <laughs> – you know, Melo's a baller, uh, definitely top 15 on the small forward list. Could have been higher had he uh, did some more winning. I mean, we, I'm not going to say he's not a winner because he did make the playoffs for about the first eight, nine years of his career consistently. So he was, you know, the first-round knockout most times. And outside of the year, him and Chauncey made it to the West Finals with Denver. But Melo could have had way more – 
on his resume than what he does. Yeah. All right, and that's our time for the day of Preach Care. Preach, appreciate it. Rashad joining me on this part two of this, this uh, great, greatest of all time series. Uh, that shooting guards and small forwards down. We got three more positions to go, and then our final list of our, our of our top 20 to 25 players that we think are the greatest of all time. So appreciate you. We out. <laughs>